Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Hey there, welcome to the program. I'm Gary Zimak. Come on in and make yourself comfortable. So glad to see you once again. It just so happens that I have a chair available at the table. Why don't you hang out with me for the next 30 minutes? Today we're going to look at the readings. And I can't believe I'm saying this because I don't know where the time has gone. We're going to look at the Mass readings for the sixth Sunday of Easter. Hard to believe, right? We're still in the Easter season, but next Sunday is the seventh and final Sunday of Easter. The Sunday after that is Pentecost Sunday. So we are two weeks away from Pentecost Sunday. Man, it is just unbelievable. And, you know, it's very appropriate, but the readings this week involve the power of the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit as we anticipate the celebration in two weeks of Pentecost Sunday. So, I'm excited to talk about it. I want to mention briefly um, my new book. I'm going to talk about the new book that I have out. We'll do that on the other side of the prayer. So why don't we just settle in? Why don't we pray, place ourselves in the presence of our Heavenly Father? And it's kind of incredible that the Father is with us right now, wherever you are, are where I'm at. He, he's with us, and we can address this prayer to Him. So we're going to pray to our Heavenly Father now. And um, let's really recognize not only that the Father is present with us, but Jesus is present with us, and that if we have been baptized and confirmed, we have the fullness of the Holy Spirit, not just with us, but inside of us. So that's kind of incredible. So, you know, let's keep that in mind as we begin this prayer. This is a really great privilege for us to be able to to have the Trinity available to us right now. So with that in mind, let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, thank you, first of all, for being with us right now. Father, you have given us another day, another day of life on this earth. We thank you for that. We thank you for adopting us as your sons and your daughters. We thank you for being able to have this conversation with you and actually having it with you at any time during the day. Father, we thank you for creating us and for providing for all of our needs from the moment we were first conceived up until the present time. We're grateful for that, Father. We're grateful for the fact that you sent your Son into the world to redeem us, 
to die on the cross for our sins, to rise from the dead, to open up the gates of heaven for us. We're also grateful for the gift of your Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you for all that you do for us. And we ask you to continue to watch over us and protect us. Please comfort those who are suffering for any reason right now. Please send your Holy Spirit out upon me today so that I can deliver the message that you would like me to deliver. And please open all of our minds and our hearts, Father, so that we can not only hear your message, but be willing to put it into practice in our lives. Father God, we ask you these things in the name above all names, the name of Jesus Christ, who is your Son and who is our Lord, and who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you so much again for praying with me. I'm Gary Zimak, and again, I'm going to be with you here for the next 30 minutes, more or less. And we're going to talk about the Mass readings for the sixth Sunday of Easter, the power of the Holy Spirit. That's a a theme that I think the Spirit is giving me for these readings, and it really does fit, because in just a couple of weeks, we will celebrate Pentecost, Pentecost Sunday Uh, when we acknowledge or commemorate, is a better word, commemorate the the descent of the Holy Spirit on the the apostles, the Blessed Mother, and the members of the early church. So we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit today, and I, I really want to emphasize that word, the power of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we don't understand what kind of power we have through the Holy Spirit. I know I don't. I don't fully understand it. I'm trying to understand it better. And I think if we did understand how much the Holy Spirit can do for us, if, if we let him work in us, you know, the Holy Spirit's not going to force us to let his power work in us. The Holy Spirit operates very gently and really requires us to, to, to participate. If we're going to let the Holy Spirit work in, in us, then we're going to have to cooperate and say, yes, Holy Spirit, you're welcome. You are welcome to work in me. So we'll talk more about that. Hey, I want to talk about this new book I have. Really excited about it. It is officially out now. When your days are dark, God is still good. Biblical advice to help you trust in difficult times. And I don't know about you, but there have been times, and there are times quite often in my life, where it's difficult to look at events either happening to me or on the, around the, the country or in the world and, and look at them and say, yeah, I, I see God working good. Now, it's one thing to, to believe it, and it, but it's something different to actually see it. Sometimes we're not going to see God working in our lives or in the lives of others, but by faith, we're called to believe it. I wrote this book, um, I wrote this book as an answer to someone who may say, well, the Bible, specifically Romans 8.28, says that we know, St. Paul wrote, that we know that in everything God works for good with those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. I know the Bible says that, but I don't see it. I'm not, I'm not seeing, or maybe I'm not even believing that God is working for good in a certain situation. So what I did was in this book, I looked at 15 incidents in the Bible 
where God worked good in very bad situations. And the, the hope that I have for this book is that somebody who is struggling, who's really struggling to see God working good in their lives or in the lives of someone else, is going to be able to look at this book and say, ah, I see how he did it here. Therefore, I believe that he is doing it or can do it in my life. You know, that's, that's what faith is all about. Faith is not seeing with our eyes or touching with our hands. Faith is choosing to believe that God is who he says he is, and he is working in our lives and in the lives of his children. That's, that's what faith is. So that's why I wrote the book, When Your Days Are Dark, God Is Still Good. The easiest way to get it, it's available everywhere online, but the easiest way to do it is to just go right over to my website, followingthetruth.com. You can click on the button to purchase the book, and it will shoot you over to Amazon so you'll be able to buy the book. When Your Days Are Dark, God Is Still Good, new from yours truly. Now, I want to mention something else, too. In my, if you have not yet signed up for my daily email reflection, I call it Let Not Your Heart Be Troubled, I recommend you do so. You can do that by going to followingthetruth.com as well. There's no charge to sign up for it. Because what I'm doing is I'm, I'm going through the book and I'm giving you a little snippet of the book each day. I'll do that for the next couple of weeks so that we can walk through the book. I can give you some information, maybe some inside information, why I choose, chose to, to write what I did. I think you'll enjoy it. So if you want to find out more about that that daily email reflection, let not your heart be troubled, just head on over to followingthetruth.com. You'll see a button to sign up for Gary's daily email reflection. That's how you do that. Again, no cost. All you need to do is submit your email address and you'll hear from me once each day. Um, so that's that. And also, I may be mentioning the book a little bit on my Monday through Friday podcast. So if you're interested in signing up for that, I call that Following the Truth. It is five minutes each day. You can find out about that as well by going to followingthetruth.com. All right, that's all the business that I have. Let's look at the mass readings now. Here we go. Let's look at the gospel first. Remember, the sixth Sunday of Easter, the power of the Holy Spirit. That's my theme. We're going to go, we're going to start with the gospel. John chapter 14, verses 15 through 21. Jesus said to his disciples, so now remember, he's speaking to you and I right now. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Man, just think about that for a minute. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. I don't know about you, but I have been guilty of saying, yes, 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 Jesus, I love you, I love you, I love you. But it's mere talk because there are times when Yes, I keep the big commandments, but there are certain elements of these commandments that I don't really always keep. I've got to be honest with you. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. For instance, that annoying person who comes into your office or maybe who is in your family or who sends you that nasty email, am I really responding to that person in a loving manner? And remember, I don't have to like them. I don't have to feel good feelings about them. That's not what love is. Love is choosing to put their needs first, to treat them as Jesus treats them and treats us. He wants what's best for us. Am I responding to that person in a loving manner? Sometimes it's not even involving words. Sometimes I don't even have to be speaking to that person directly, but am I praying for them? 
Am I trying to look for good qualities about them? These are all ways that I can be loving someone. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, Jesus said, and he will give you another advocate to be with you always, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot accept, because it neither sees nor knows him. This is the Holy Spirit Jesus is talking about. And you see how this particular gospel ties in nicely to the upcoming celebration of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit's coming, Jesus said. But you know him because he remains with you and will be in you. See, now remember what I said at the beginning. If you've been baptized and confirmed, the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me. Now the Lord's talking about his ascension into heaven. But you will see me because I live and you will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father and you are in me and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and observes them is the one who loves me. He repeats that message that we started this gospel with. And whoever loves me will be loved by my Father and I will love him and reveal myself to him. Obviously, Jesus is talking about that unity. He wants us to be united with him. And we do that in more ways than just receiving him. I mean, certainly one way we do it is by receiving him in Holy Communion. But really, it, it's, it's more than that. It's a, it's a decision. It's a decision. It's a way of thinking. It's how, how do we act. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And that's something only you and I can do. He's not going to make us obey him. He's not going to make us keep his commandments. So if you want to show your love for Jesus, he's asking you and I to keep his commandments. Let's look at, uh, and and then he talks about that, and I I want to mention this because this is the theme of today's program, at least when I look at all these readings and pray over them, I, I see this overall theme of the power of the Holy Spirit emerging, and that's why I want to make sure I keep this theme going. In order to love Jesus, in order to love him and, to, and also to love other people, love God other, and love other people, we need some help. Because of our fallen human nature, we're eventually not going to be able to succeed at doing this. So therefore, Jesus gave us his spirit. Now watch this. His spirit dwelling in me to help me to love others as he loves. So he gave me the ability to love even people who are hurting me to love even people who I don't like. I can do that through the power. Again, that word power of the Holy Spirit. Not some wimpy wind. This is power that we have in the Holy Spirit. So let's look at the first reading, Acts of the Apostles, chapter 8, beginning in verse 5. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed the Christ to them. With one accord, the crowds paid attention to what was said by Philip when they heard it, and saw the signs he was doing. For unclean spirits, crying out in a loud voice, came out of many possessed people, and many paralyzed or crippled people were cured. There was great joy in that city. Now keep in mind that there had to be some extraordinary signs, especially in the building up of the early church, in order to get people to believe. 
It doesn't mean that you will not see these signs today. Sometimes you will. You'll see, you could see miraculous healings. You could see demons being driven out of people. I mean, the Holy Spirit can work in powerful ways in us, just as he did 2,000 years ago in the early church. But that doesn't mean that everything the Holy Spirit does in our lives is going to come across in an extraordinary way. It's not always going to appear miraculous. So, so don't get put off by that. Or don't get discouraged by that. A lot of times the miraculous power of the Holy Spirit is going to manifest itself in a very ordinary way. Maybe somebody's change of heart. Maybe a really difficult situation is going to get resolved. You know, I mean, it's hard to say how, but these signs that we can see these signs are often going to get people to believe. I'll give you a, give you a case in point. I was talking to my mailman the other day, and uh, my wife and I were praying for his mother, who's elderly and is in the hospital, and he said they were able to get her into a home, an assisted living home. She didn't want to leave her house. And he was telling me that, and, and I said, you know, we're praying for your mom. And he said, you know, I have to say, it's almost miraculous. It's it's a miracle that she she actually likes this new home and she didn't want to leave her house. Well, there's an example, you know. I'm not sure if he fully put two and two together, but I'm telling him we're praying for him, and he's saying, I'm seeing a miracle, and, you know, it's not an accident. So these kind of signs often get people's hearts to change and really build up their faith, and they start to think, wow, this God is pretty amazing, and as a result, their faith grows, He grows. they grow closer to Him, and oftentimes, it's these signs that any of us can work. If God wants to work a sign through you, a miracle, He can do it. Just give Him a chance. Let the Holy Spirit work through you. Now, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent them Peter and John, who went down and prayed for them, that they might receive the Holy Spirit for it not, had not yet fallen upon any of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. So, in other words, they had not yet received the sacramental ba- baptism that you or I received. When we were baptized, if we were baptized in the church in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, we received the Holy Spirit. So this was not just a... Um, a baptism of repentance. Remember John the Baptist baptisms? They weren't sacramental in that they didn't result in the person being baptized receiving the Holy Spirit. But you and I, it's a different story. We now, when we are baptized in the church, we receive the Holy Spirit in addition to so many other cool things happening during baptism. So we see that again, that reminder of what the Holy Spirit can do when the Holy Spirit comes alive in you. You know, just because you receive the Holy Spirit doesn't necessarily mean the Holy Spirit is working in your life, at least in a in an active way. The Holy Spirit's going to hang back until you say, go ahead, Spirit, I give you permission. I, and, and so I really recommend that you do that. You really give the Holy Spirit permission every day. I pray, my, my wife and I say our morning prayers, and we pray, come Holy Spirit, inspire our thoughts, our words, and our actions this day. That's an invitation to the Holy Spirit, and I believe when we do that, when we pray that way, the Holy Spirit will act. 
The responsorial psalm, Psalm 66, let all the earth cry out to God with joy. Shout joyfully to God, all the earth, and sing praise to the glory of his name. Proclaim his glorious praise. Say to God, how tremendous are your deeds. Let all on earth worship and sing praise to you. Sing praise to your name. Come and see the works of God, his tremendous deeds among the children of Adam. He has changed the sea into dry land. Through the river they passed on foot. Therefore, let us rejoice in him. He rules by his might forever. Hear now, all you who fear God, while I declare what he has done for me. Blessed be God, who refused me not my prayer or his kindness. So when we, there is no greater gift that the Lord can give us than the gift of his Holy Spirit, because through his Spirit, we're going to have that unity with him and other members of the church as well. We're also going to have the power to do great things. We're going to have the power to do great things. So as a result, we should sing joyfully to the Lord, to be joyful, to rejoice in the fact that he is with us in such an intimate way through the Holy Spirit. He's in us. And remember, too, that this Holy Spirit is the Spirit, the same Spirit who directed the words and the thoughts and the actions of Jesus. It's his Spirit. So therefore, because I have the Holy Spirit dwelling in me, I have the potential. This doesn't mean I always do it, but I have the potential to think, to speak, and to act like Jesus, which is my goal in life. That's all of our goals in life as Christians. We should be transformed into Jesus. And I I know that's a, a big job, right? It's a big job for the Holy Spirit to do, especially for somebody like me. He's got his work cut out for him. But that's what the Holy Spirit does, and that's what the Holy Spirit will do in your life if you give him a chance. Beloved, oh, I'm sorry, I'm I'm getting ahead of myself. The second reading comes from the first letter of St. Peter, chapter 3, verses 15 through 18. Beloved, sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts. Always be ready to give an explanation to anyone who asks you for a reason for your hope, but do it with gentleness and reverence, keeping your conscience clear, conscience clear, so that when you are maligned, those who defame your good conduct in Christ may themselves be put to shame. Now let's pause it here for a minute. How can I share the good news of Jesus Christ, what he has done in my life, and really what he can do in somebody else's life? How can I most effectively do that? Through the working of the Holy Spirit. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, not only will I know the right words to speak, but the heart of the person I'm speaking to will be opened to hear what I have to say. So that even though I might not get the words right, I might not be as effective as I would like to be with my words of evangelization, the Holy Spirit can still open the heart of someone to hear my words and be called to to action to move closer to the Lord in a relationship with him. We see that in the early church, and we really need to remember that in our own lives. And I like what Peter says here, be ready to give an explanation to anyone 
who asks you for a reason for your hope. So, so somebody says to you, why are you so happy or why are you hopeful in this situation? That is an absolute invitation to share Jesus Christ with that person. But note what Peter says, do it with gentleness and reverence. So that when keeping your conscience clear, so that when you're maligned, those who defame your good conduct in Christ may be themselves put to shame. How not to do it? Hey, you nut, you wacko, how can you not listen? How can you not go to church each week? How come you don't read the Bible? How come you're supporting abortion? How come, you know, we go on and on and on. And whereas these things might be true, you got to do it with gentleness. You can still be firm. But we can't do it by making fun of people. And we see this all the time on social media. We've got to be careful about that. Because we can actually sin through our efforts to draw souls to Christ. If we start maligning people, if we start using abusive language. And I've seen it happen in the name of Jesus. People get really nasty. We've got to treat them with love. That's what we're called to do. Remember, remember that gospel, what Jesus say. If you love me, you're going to keep my commandments. Love one another. Love your enemy. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's what he's calling us to do. So even though we might disagree with somebody, and they might disagree with us, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can be guided to say the right words in the right manner, and again, at the right time and in the right location. It's not always a good location to correct somebody's behavior. You might want to do it in private. You might want to do it in a gentle way. You might want to wait a little bit, you know, and that's where the Holy Spirit can be very helpful. Um, Let's see. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that be the will of God, than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered for sins once, the righteous for the sake of the unrighteous, that he might lead you to God. Put to death in the flesh, he was brought to life in the Spirit. There's that mention of the Holy Spirit again. Remember, two weeks we are going to be celebrating the Solemnity of Pentecost Sunday, which is the official close of the Easter season. So this is a a big deal. We're going to hear more and more Holy Spirit talk going forward. But you've got what you need in the Holy Spirit. You've got what you need to be Jesus in the world. That's what you and I are called to be. We're called to be Jesus. But of course, this is an ongoing process. Me turning into Jesus is a lifelong process. And even then, it's not going to be complete, obviously. But we need to just trust that the Holy Spirit will continue to work on us if we give him the permission to work in our lives. And then as the Holy Spirit works in us and changes us, transforms us into the image of Jesus, more or less, right? More or less. I'm going to be realistic here then other people will be more inclined to listen to what we have to say and maybe to turn to Jesus themselves. That's the hope. But it's challenging because we sometimes get a little overzealous, and I know I've gotten carried away. Again, social media, big problem. I see a lot of this 
well-meaning people saying some very nasty things in the name of trying to convert soul or win souls for Christ. So we just got to depend on the power of the Holy Spirit, okay? All right, listen, we are just about out of time. Again, I want to thank you for listening to the program. If you have any questions, please email me at gary at followingthetruth.com. Gary at followingthetruth.com is my email address. And while you're at it, why don't you head on over to followingthetruth.com to find out about my new book, When Your Days Are Dark, God is Still Good, Biblical Advice to Help You Trust in Difficult Times. You can find about that about that on followingthetruth.com, as well as signing up for my daily email reflection or listening to my Monday through Friday podcast, all there at followingthetruth.com. You can also make a donation to my ministry. I'm going to go out on a limb here and just really ask you, to help me out financially with my full-time ministry. Uh, I could really use a few new monthly sponsors, or maybe if you're willing to make a one-time donation, that would help as well. And I thank you in advance for that. Hey, I'm praying for you every day. I would ask you to pray for me and my family as well. God bless you. Have a fantastic week. Look forward to joining you next week on the show. Bye-bye.